just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Public library employees are unionizing. The mayor takes questions on homelessness. And here's what we are manifesting for our summer in the city. Lead producer Emily Means joins me to help break it down. It is Friday, April 28th. I'm Ali Bayarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Good morning, Emily Means. Good morning, Ali Bayarta. Before we get into the news, I have a little bit of an update for you that I just received. Like You're my phone just this buzzed. To me. <laughs> I know, you know I love you know I love <laughs> you doing love this. To I gotta get me. you warmed up. Okay, so last week, obviously, you and I, and by you and I, I means I read Crumble Cookies, the Riot Act for being gobs of goo. And in response to that, a local baker, Lady Flower, is doing a little R&D, a little research and development to see if she can make the perfect cookie that I described on the episode. (laughs) And it is possible that CityCast will inspire a new chocolate chip cookie in our city. A CityCast cookie. Wow. Yeah. Okay, this is huge. Does she need testers? Because I'm happy to eat cookies. Yes, and that is the surprise I have for you. You will be testing a cookie very soon. (laughs) What a literal treat! I know. Okay, let's start with what feels like tip of the tongue on the edge of everyone's lips. Um, Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall hosted an AMA on homelessness. So an AMA is essentially a Q&A session. Yeah, it's basically when someone puts themselves forth onto the internet and says, ask me anything. <laughs> it's become this like kind of weird ritual, but like politicians in recent years have started adopting it. And I always think it's an interesting choice. And the reason is because like it almost always turns into a rodeo. And that is exactly what happened this week. All right. So we saw Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall hosting an Ask Me Anything on homelessness this week. So the mayor started the week by saying this is the biggest issue that the city is working on. Uh, And so that's why she wanted to dedicate all of her social media channels to answering people's questions. The mayor also kind of like popped in throughout the week with some videos, um, really wanting to define the terms, I think, of the way she's thinking about this issue. And Mm -hmm. we've talked to her before on the show. We had an in-depth interview with the mayor on homelessness. And she really views this as something that the city shouldn't be taking on by itself. So she's talking about how the city has worked to build partnerships with the state and the county and other cities to tackle this humanitarian issue is what it really is. And I saw a lot of interesting questions pop up. Yeah. And we heard like this language that we're seeing from her that we're going to continue to see through the end of this election year. And if she is reelected into her second term, which is 
what is the city doing about the state's homelessness crisis? And she is really trying to reframe this issue. And I think that the hope is that this AMA would be the opportunity for people to ask the kind of honestly simple questions, right? Like we find this often, like when you open up the door to people asking questions about these issues that are often presented by people in power as being like complicated and nuanced and whatever else, like the questions are always quite simple. The thing about an AMA is that usually the way it's done is that it's like kind of live, right? So like someone might get on Instagram live and be like, AMA for the next hour. And that's like, that's part of the pleasure of it is that there's a spontaneity to it. This being a week-long event, I saw a lot of people saying, well, wait a minute, how is this different from, like, emailing your office? Because basically, mm. you know, you're saying it could take a couple of days to get back to me with answers. She was, like, retweeting questions with answers. So it was kind of hard to follow. Like, it didn't feel as condensed or as dense as an AMA usually is. And, I mean, it would be naive to imagine that the mayor would just be on the other side of her computer, like, firing off answers to these questions. Like, that's just simply not how this works. No. Right. The range of questions I saw, why is SLC building a liquor store instead of a homeless shelter? Where do you expect people to go when you conduct sweeps, uh, a.k.a. camp abatements? Why are some areas of the city, like Sugar House and Ninth and Ninth, allowed to flourish, while other areas see a lot of unhoused people until those people are pushed away? And then I saw questions that kind of told the other side of this story, uh, or mm-hmm. the other side of how residents who are not unhoused in this city, run into this issue. Um, Mm. I saw questions that featured some really dehumanizing language and suggestions. I saw questions about drug use and not enforcing the law. So, you know, whatever side of this issue you're on, and I think it's, you know, is it fair to be like, here's one side and here's the other side? Well, this is how I'm categorizing them. Regardless, there is a frustration toward the mayor in the city, whichever side you fall on. Mm -hmm. So this really painted a picture of public sentiment toward this issue. And I think that's particularly interesting as this election year is heating up, because we know this as residents of this city, but also, um, you know, we've done this analysis through our own reporting. This is going to be likely the biggest issue of the election. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing about this AMA is that it's just yet another reminder that the internet is a coliseum. And half the questions that I saw were not about homelessness. Like, they were people being like, oh, the mayor's online? Why didn't you do more to keep the bees in ballpark? And it's like, (laughs) sir, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong room. You're in the wrong AMA. But yeah, I mean, like, there was one question I saw that has been kind of sticking with me that was, you know, five people froze to death recently on Salt Lake City streets. Why didn't the city offer to pay funeral costs Mm. for those people? Part of the reason that question sticks with me is because it's so simple and so obvious, and yet it's complicated. Like, that is a hard question. And if I'm the mayor, is that the kind of question that I want to be answering spontaneously over Twitter? Mm. Not necessarily, I'll be honest. What do you think the best format for this kind of conversation would have been? A town hall would have been nuts, I feel like. And this is actually the question I want to ask you, because often you and I talk about politics on this show. My background is in like political organizing. Your background is in political reporting. Like if you 
were the mayor's political advisor, would you advise doing this AMA on this particular issue? And would you advise doing it again after this week-long rodeo? Um, I don't know what a better forum is necessarily, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's the kind of problem with democracy, <laughs> right? I mean, like, this is why we try and elect people to represent us. But I think probably what would be a helpful turn would be if these kinds of questions were collected in like a Google form or something, which I think would be offer a little bit more transparency about what the actual process of answering them is like. It's not necessarily an AMA. And then the answers were published on like a a website or made available. Because the problem with Twitter is that like, the lifespan of a tweet is like a half a second, right? So like, I'm sure there was some good information in the answering of these questions, but like I myself am not even sure how to go find it at this point. Right. Like it now is buried in the ether. Yeah. Let's turn this into a Q&A page on like a website. An FAQ page maybe. Right. Where people can like, you know, go and see these questions answered yeah. because it, it just felt a little bit stormy. To, to witness as like a Twitter bystander. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And I mean, this was across all of her social media platforms. Um, Twitter, woof, this is, that's a tough place to have like a meaningful conversation, right? And mm-hmm. I did struggle to find these questions and answers. I, I typed in the hashtag, hashtag AMASLC. And even then I was kind of like, I wish I could categorize these more easily. Like here are questions about permanent supportive housing. Here are questions about abatements. Here are questions about enforcing ordinances that might impact people experiencing homelessness. Um, And, you know, maybe the city staff will do that after this. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I appreciate the effort to engage in some sort of dialogue around this issue. And, you know, I think that's what we wanted to accomplish with the interview we had with Mayor Mendenhall. We interviewed her before she announced her candidacy. So we were speaking with her in her capacity as the current mayor of Salt Lake City. 10 out of 10 recommend listening to that episode. Uh, We also interviewed her current opponents in the mayoral election. Uh, former Salt Lake City Mayor Rocky Anderson and activist Michael Valentine. And really, Allie, I think those interviews, I'm going to toot our own horn right now. (laughs) Those interviews are required listening for anyone Mm -hmm. who, one, is going to be voting in this year's mayoral election, and two, wants to understand how the city is approaching this issue. So, yeah, I think the AMA did a little bit to clarify what that looks like on the city's end, but I was really grateful we had the opportunity to ask pointed questions about this issue. Yeah, absolutely. And simple questions as well. Like (laughs) there were a lot of questions that I saw throughout this week of AMAs across social media that were questions that we asked in those interviews. Um, So we'll drop a link to all three in the show notes for this episode if you still haven't heard them. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. 
And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you wanna learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. The Salt Lake City Library workers are hoping to form the first library union in the state of Utah. Thoughts? I mean, it's always fun to be the first. <laughs> it's always fun to be the first of anything. It's really difficult to be the first. Following in the footsteps of Starbucks. Yes, following in the footsteps of Starbucks. If the library workers are successful, they would cover 345 workers across nine city library branches, which is just like a good, good chunk of people, I feel like. Huge. Some of the things they're looking for is better pay. I saw that mm -hmm. some staffers are paid $12.50 to $15 an hour, which is, uh, I did the math, Allie, $31,000 a year. And, you yeah. know, given the state of our housing and rental market, probably pretty impossible to pay rent without a roommate. Oh, I'll say it. Like, don't at me. That is not a living wage in Salt Lake City, Utah. They also want to address a lack of transparency, uh, mm -hmm. expensive health insurance. They feel like they're being left out of the decision-making processes. They want their safety concerns addressed. They say they've experienced regular harassment while on the job. Um, what I'm hearing from these terms that they want addressed is they need some more specifics, or at least that's kind of what we've seen in the news reporting around their declaring their intent to unionize. And mm -hmm. well, I'm wondering if any of these things can be addressed in the upcoming city budgeting process. I mean, if we're talking about increasing pay for workers, we're going to be heading into mm -hmm. the 2024 fiscal year budgeting process soon. Is that something that could happen pretty quickly here? I have absolutely no idea, but you would hope, right? I mean, yeah, 
One of the things that we see consistently in this state across the unionization efforts, specifically in Salt Lake City, is this idea that you brought up, Emily, that's like, yeah, there's this, there's that, there are some of these specific sort of demands that we're looking for. But generally speaking, like, we just want to be able to collaborate and coordinate as employees who are on a similar like level in our workplace to have more agency. Really what this is about is feeling like you have more agency in your workplace as opposed to a group of people that that sort of report to the tippy top of the workflow chart. And so sometimes I feel like when we read these like unionization announcement stories and this is they filed an intent to unionize of course they're hoping that the library board will voluntarily recognize their union and i will be very interested to see if they do i think one of the most interesting pieces of this story is going to be whether or not the library board just voluntarily recognizes the union and then they don't have to go through like the whole vote right they just kind of get it it's easy they move on and frankly i mean like if you think about downtown salt lake city library those employees are front lines in our community like they deal with a lot like that is our best, biggest, brightest third space. People from all walks of life go through there. Like, they're dealing with customer service on a level. But it it's like, yeah, the, maybe there's not, like, any one particular thing or, like, one particular complaint. It's just this, this desire to have more agency at work. Seems fair to me. I mean, I think about the library as a really radical <laughs> part of our Complete, government. That is completely right? what I was getting at. <laughs> Right. So I, I, I really think like this should be an easy sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the other reason that I think it's just worth noting that like the value of a union is the sort of collective agency building among employees is because in a state like Utah, that kind of is the most value that a union has, right? Like we mm-hmm. don't live in a union friendly state. So we will certainly be keeping an eye on this story. Speaking of asking for what you want. Let's get it. Let's get it. Listen, 80 degrees this Sunday, Emily, means that is the high. I can't believe it. It is happening. I got my first sunburn of the season on my face. I sat outside and I stared up at the sun like a plant who is just emerging from her winter slumber. And then I got a sunburn. So... Can't wait to see what this weekend brings for mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. What are we manifesting for this for this sunny weekend and the rest of the summer, Allie? Well, as listeners of this show know, I am getting sick and tired of asking you what you're doing every weekend and you saying, no plans. <laughs> so, Listen, I'm a laid back been, gal. <laughs> you are a laid back gal. We have been trying like some different fun segments and I've got one for us today. Summer manifestations and manifesting has become this like really zeitgeisty word for basically asking the universe for what you want and hoping that putting it out there will sort of cosmically encourage it to come back to you. Right. And so one thing like I was kind of walking down the street and thinking about, okay, summer in Salt Lake City kind of a pressure cooker, right? Like we burn hot and fast summer in our city and we got to make the most of it. And like, I was like, okay, what are we manifesting this summer? Let's start laying the groundwork. Okay. So I am asking you, Emily Means, what are your summer manifestations? All right. We're doing the cosmic work here. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. I read a KUER story this week that said we've already had 20 wildfires this year. 
So I am manifesting a smoke-free summer because if you'll remember <gasps> two summers ago, I think, what was it, 2021 or something, was like apocalyptic in terms of the air we were breathing. And it wasn't even smoke from our fires. It was like California fire smoke blowing into our valley mm-hmm. and it made for the worst summer ever. So I would like clear and Colorado. skies. And Colorado. Colorado we were, burned. We were getting it from horribly. all sides. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would like a clean air summer. Is that too much to ask? That is good stuff. Thanks. That is good stuff. Pretty okay. good, right? Yeah. What do you got? I've got one. So, and I just want to say, here are some things that I fully acknowledge off the top. 60% of residential water use in Utah is outdoor irrigation. Homeowners are worse water users than farmers. Like, we tend to be the most reckless, Okay. There was a study from USU that found that the average homeowner is using two times as much water as necessary, and 6% of Utah's water use is outdoor residential. Green lawns, baby. I cannot do another summer of lawn policing. Oh, my God. I can't. I, it was... It, it feels like Allie. every summer we do this, Emily. Every summer yeah. we spend months policing each other. It's the tweets of like, look at my neighbor. They're watering the sidewalk, blah, blah, okay, blah. Okay, but why are and they like, watering the sidewalk? Okay, and <laughs> I get where it's coming from. I get where it's coming from, but I would like us to focus our energy on like some bigger goals than just like being catty in our neighborhood about lawns. It just felt like last summer was like lawn policing on an exhaustive level. And it kind of feels like a distraction from the real problem, which is broader water use issues around industry and agriculture. Okay. Okay. I feel that. What you don't want is like, oh, you didn't recycle your cans and so you're contributing to climate change those sorts of vibes like there are bigger bigger issues at play here yes so i'll never forget one time shireen gorbani was on this show and she said that zero escaping is the reusable straws of our water (laughs) crisis (laughs) and i just want to put that forth as a contender for a summer manifestation okay well you know i respect that all right, here's here's my last manifestation. I am manifesting the end of road and apartment construction that's ruining all my walks throughout the city. If you have oh, wow. tried to get into Liberty Park via 9th South, you know, like the 5th mm-hmm. East, 9th South intersection, literally impossible. Yeah. And how am I going to get to the park on a lovely summer day if I can't even cross the intersection because of construction? Let's just finish mm-hmm. this nine line, folks. If I'm ready to, <laughs> to strut. <laughs> I'm Listen, just thinking I'm a about, gal. I'm thinking about how like I'm about to undermine this whole assignment by being like, that's unrealistic because hello, we're manifesting and that's like kind of the point. Okay, I got one more before we get out of here. Here's a big one that I am manifesting this summer. Lifeguards. I'm manifesting lifeguards. Like just right in front of you or like following you around? I would like a alien spaceship to drop from the sky to land at every single Salt Lake County pool and deliver like 50 alien lifeguards (laughs) because I'm worried that we're headed into another lifeguard shortage summer. Never forget last summer we were short 200 lifeguards in Salt Lake County. Pools were closing early, pools were opening late. It's dangerously hot in this city. 
And pools are not just fun. They are an important place for people to cool off and get sane and take a dip. And I'm worried about the lifeguard shortage. I do think we probably need a like public high school class that is lifeguard certification that is mandatory. <laughs> mandatory lifeguard service. That's what I'm calling for. That's what I'm The high schooler to lifeguard pipeline. Isn't that what we need? Yes. Yes. Listen, I will tell you. No one loves lifeguards more than me. Okay, that was that okay. that sounded like All a right, Trump. That was a Trump-esque delivery. But I one time watched a lifeguard at the Northwest Community Rec Center actively save someone's life. And yeah, shout out to all the lifeguards out there. So if you want to become a lifeguard, if you're a high schooler and you're listening to this show and you're like, what should my summer job be? Like, oh, normal ice cream isn't hiring. Be a lifeguard, please. We're begging you. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Have a great weekend, Emily. I will see you Monday morning. See you Monday, Allie. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria. And our host is me, Allie Vallarta. Music is by the fabulous local band, Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. I hope you have a great weekend.